Hey guys, welcome back to Beyond the Walls podcast. I am Sarah and I am joined here today with Joe. Uh, we get to serve at Arise Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota, where we strive to love God, serve people, and lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, last time, we got the chance to talk with Amanda Davison on the topic of marriages and God-centered relationships, and we are actually going to be continuing that conversation and diving into the importance of communication and prayer within marriages. Um, so with that, I think that just kicks off the kicks off the conversation of why is communication so hard? You know, I think that's one of the first things that anybody approaching the topic of marriage um, hears about is like, what's the most important thing? Communication, communication, communication. Um, so as you guys married folks, what, why is communication so hard? Why is it important? Uh, <laughs> I second that. So hard. <laughs> just like a big sigh. It's just, there are so many reasons. Obviously we're just, we have different personalities, different ways we process. I think of just my husband and I complete different uh, personalities that we have. Um, I want to talk about it. And um, he's a, he's an internal processor. I'm an external processor. He needs time to think through his thoughts. I am learning my thoughts as I'm saying them. Um, and so with that, then when it comes to communication, I, you know, I'm like right now, let's talk about all the things and he needs time to, to do that before he feels ready to. And so just that's an obvious one. We're just so different in the way we prefer to communicate looks different for each of us. And then because of that, we fail to lack the respect that, you know, we each have individually um, within marriage. So that's an obvious one. But a lot of us are just ignorant. We have never been taught how to communicate. We've grown up in homes that, um, you know, either we are stuff, stuffing everything, we're not talking about anything, we're ignoring it, we're just shoving it under the rug, we block it out like it's not even happening, just don't talk about it, that's the name of the game, um, or we talk about it in a super unhealthy way, um, where there's a ton of uh, unhealthy dynamics at play, whether we're yelling, screaming, arguing, there's unhealthy conflict. Um, so we've just been taught a lot and we just were ignorant in, in what we're talking about today. We just literally don't know how. Uh, we also have unhealthy like wounds, unresolved wounds. So then when issues do arise, when something does come up that we can communicate about because of our unresolved wounds, we're defensive and we were hypersensitive about certain topics because of the past, because we haven't resolved other things. So that also makes communication hard um and we just lack biblical community to hold us accountable and be like wow you're really um your words are really sharp i'm not sure you're aware of that um your delivery sucks (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if anyone's ever told you that like biblical community is supposed to hold us accountable and like um kind of call us into more uh, christ-centered um, living. And so if we don't have that too, we can really get astray quickly. Um, those are just a few reasons, Sarah, why communication is so hard. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Of just, (laughs) has anyone ever told you, you, you suck at this. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. We'll start doing that. That's how we'll greet people as they come in on Sunday. 
Like, you by really the way, you suck. I'm communi- I'm working on communicating. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you suck. <laughs> oh, that's oh, no. so funny. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. yeah, with that, of if it is so hard and, like, we are so horrible at it, what what does that practically look like to become better communicators? Like, what does that, what does that look like for us? It's important that we learn that like today, because the sooner we do, the sooner we can turn this around. It takes practice to think of, you're going to lift, you know, um, get stronger, like lift weights and, you know, get healthier, whatever that's called. What is that called when you lift weights? Oh, I wouldn't know. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna like build your muscles or something i don't know whatever clearly i don't do it um, but when you do that it takes time and you have to keep doing it and like keep going back to it and you have to keep showing up and like relearning all the things to like get it stronger and you have to build that muscle up so this doesn't happen overnight um so literally as you're listening if you're driving don't do this obviously but um write down these five steps you can also go to a wife like me.com when you sign up for our emails, this gets sent to you. It's, it's a free download. You can print it off, put it up all over your house to remind you and your kiddos and anybody of these steps. Cause it's so helpful, but it starts with understanding what we just talked about, having ground rules of respect of really, you know, saying, Hey, um, I want to talk to you about something. Or when you do bring something up, it's too late. Like, oh, here we are already. Like, this is already not going well. So then you can remind each other, like, hey, okay, I, I, I know this is important. I would like to talk about this. So let's just remember, like, ground rules are that we're going to respect each other. And if at any time one of us feels disrespected or unloved, um, that we'll just agree right now and not get mad at each other for it. But we're going to agree to pause and come back to the conversation at a, an agreed upon time. So those are just like, before you communicate, like it, as sad as it sounds, we actually do need to do that because, because we suck. And so like, you know, let's just remember that I love, we love each other here and we want the same thing. We're for each other. Um, so like that's number one, but that's not really the first step. That's just like ground rules. Um, but then the first thing we need to do and we need to teach our kids and everybody else to do is bring it to the Lord. We, we so often fail to do this. And then what we do is we bring preference issues into conversation or up in marriage that aren't actually important. So here, so it gets us into this pattern because we're not bringing something to the Lord and asking him like, Lord, is this, is this an Amanda issue or is this important to you? Sometimes I say like, is it a preference issue or is this a sin issue that my husband has? Is it that I don't like that he leaves that, uh, dish on the counter and he doesn't put it in the dishwasher is that Amanda's preference issue not saying that I shouldn't communicate that but that's a very different situation than he's neglectful toward me or the kids or he's um, idolizing work um, he's disrespectful to people or whatever like that's a sin issue that's a pride issue that's versus a preference issue so like when we bring it to the lord first and foremost we're we're training ourselves and our kids to really spend that time with the lord first about it because i find that more often than not when i do that first when people do that first it's actually a mute issue it's usually 
I have an issue that the Lord needs to work out in me. Um, and I'm not doing that. I'm not allowing him to God to work in me when I bypass this step. And when I just spew it out at my husband, um, or vice versa. So that's number one, bring it to the Lord, ask him to show you what the actual issue is. Mm-hmm. And it's important too, because the issues are always a real issue. So is it really that, or is it that I'm hurt because of this? You know, um, is it really that my husband went up to watch TV and didn't put the dishes away? Is that really why I'm hurt? Or am I actually hurt that I haven't talked to him all day and I feel neglected? I don't like, I have to figure that out. And and I can't do that without praying about it first and talking to the Lord and asking him to show me what that one issue is. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Anything? Yeah. I kind of got a couple questions with that first one of just, um, of, so bringing it to the Lord, if there's like an issue or if, so, if it's something um, immediate or urgent and is there ever an opportunity or there, is there ever a time where it's, I don't have time to bring this to the Lord first, this has to be addressed first, or is it always the priority to bring it to bring it to God first, even in, I don't know, urgent situations? I don't have an example, but. That's a good question. I um. I would say we should always be able to have that opportunity to bring it to him. Um, I mean, if it's an issue of like safety, you know, obviously that's like an immediate, you don't need to ask, like you're, if you're in harm's way, like you need to take care of that pronto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no conferring there, but like you, you, that there's steps to take and to do that in a safe way of things like that. But I would say that overall, if, if we're feeling urgent like no we need to talk about this right now that might be a self-preference thing where we just are not trusting the lord enough to work and move in it um i think i think i'm having trouble thinking thinking of any examples of when it when we wouldn't need to go to the lord first about it mm-hmm. joe what do you think no i i'm in complete agreement. you can if it's safety you can pray while you're running you know, but, but besides yeah. that, um, no, I, I think it's, especially if it falls under the preferencing that you talked about, uh, one of the most important things we can do is realign our heart with the Lord. And, um, when we pray about that, I mean, that's what we immediately do. It may sound like a selfish prayer at first, but if you, if you are truly going before the Lord and saying, God, what is this? Reveal this to me. Um, I believe we can, like we've talked before, it'll, change how we even approach the conversation, let alone our attitudes and our hearts behind it. Um, if it goes from throwing a knife at your spouse to like, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to work through this. Um, it, this may be entirely my issue, but, um, I want to talk through it with you. So yeah, I'd, I'd say outside of safety, um, there's always, always time. And if you feel like there's not time outside of a safety issue, that's when you really need to bring it Bring it, mm-hmm. get on your knees and go before the Lord. <laughs> that's your sign. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's Satan lying to you, saying you need to do this without God. And that's when you need to 100% take the time mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And like, I think continuing off of that of just um, maybe a further question is, is it okay to have a preference problem of maybe it's not necessarily this is a 
sin from like what my spouse is doing or something like that. But it's just, I would prefer he puts the plate on this side of the sink than the other. Like, when is it okay to, is it ever okay to have preference issues? How do you communicate that? Or is that stuff that we're just supposed to die to ourselves and move on and put that under a rug? Like, how does that work? I think preference yeah, issues I, is like the definition of marriage, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it falls like under that umbrella of what we talked about last episode where the the beauty in marriage, if we lose sight of it, we're easily going to be firing preference issues left and right. So if we study script, when we study scripture, we see time and time and time and time again, that the, just this beautiful story highlighted for us as followers of Christ, which is the beauty in marriage involves two things specifically. And it involves submission to one another in and out of love for Christ that we have. So because of my love for Christ, because of your love for Christ, we submit to one another, which means we prefer each other over ourselves and we love each other. So there's this, if we're remembering, which I, I always have to remind myself too, of that's what I'm going for here. I, it's not about Amanda. It's about what can I do to serve and love you? If I'm, if I have that at the forefront of my mind, it's hard to have preference issues. It's a lot easier to see that plate that he left there and just put it away myself. I don't care. Like, okay, but so you're, it's a lot easier to see. So that's my first point. Now, there are absolutely times where it is totally, totally acceptable and fine and great to share. Like, hey, when you park your car, in in that way in the garage it doesn't leave any space for me and the kids to get out or whatever when you park can you just move it over to the right or whatever um there's nothing wrong with that when you um when you leave i don't i'm just trying to think my husband's perfect you guys so i can't even think of any examples (laughs) he's killing it um but like when you leave all you know all the paperwork out on the counter and we have people come over it just bothers me um, instead of putting it there, could you put it over here? Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, in so doing that, I, I, my, my, I try to remember I can do it myself. I have this conversation with a lot of wives. I ask my husband to do things to help out around the house. Um, we, well, this is a whole, this could be a whole other episode. So I'm not going to dig too deeply into it, but I ask him to help. And he only helps when I ask or when he helps, he doesn't do it to my standards. And so then I have to do it anyway. So then I stopped asking him and now I'm overwhelmed and now I'm annoyed and I'm bitter that I'm doing all the work and he's not. Okay. That's very typical dynamic. So um, we have to like, well, that's like, again, maybe we should dive into that in another episode, but we have to like back up the train here and look at the mental load that we're carrying within our homes, the emotional labor that we're each carrying within our homes and the physical labor and load that we're carrying. They're all different. Who's carrying what is, do we both, like we're happy with that and looking at what each of us is carrying does this feel good to both of us or do we want to change a few things and move a few things around so that I don't know we're more connected we're more emotionally healthy we're more intimate we're more just happily married right and healthy right so that's a whole other thing but if we are having a tough time 
So again, I say that to say like, sometimes we need to like pause everything, take a night or a weekend away to like go through what I'm talking about right now. Uh, Sometimes it's just simply saying like, or recognizing, whoa, my standard of cleanliness or my standard of how I park our car or how the garage looks or you name it is different than yours. And is it realistic and reasonable of me to expect you to change your standards to meet mine? Because your standards are fine for you and my standards are fine for me. So who who wins, right? Whose standards <laughs> wins? This I, Again, this is like probably the most common marriage topic I talk about with, with wives. Um, and and the, if we look at it, look at that, like who wins, whose standard wins, um, if I'm looking at that through the world's perspective of it's all about me, then my standard wins and you should do it how I want you to do it, which we see often and which we see the result of that. <laughs> he goes off, does his own thing. She's annoyed because it's not done her. So she redoes it and da, da, da. Versus if we're going at it with the viewpoint of love and submission that my job here, my role here, and your role here is not that either of us has to do it to a certain standard to make each other happy. We can both honor, love, respect, submit to one another because we love Jesus and hear each other out and have grace in that and see what happens in that. Like I should feel safe and free going to my husband, asking him to, I don't know, help in a different way or if it could you do that, it would be helpful for us or me or whatever. And him not feeling defensive or bad about it, but because he loves me, he wants to do that and vice versa. But if we have a, a different lens on any of these topics, um, our preference issues get the best of us in such a fine line. We have to be so careful because the enemy wants us to stay there because he knows how it, what it does. So I say that just like to say, be careful. Um, there are absolutely times where like, yeah, that's, it would just be helpful for this to happen in our home. Um, I'm not being hypersensitive and nitpicking at you. Um, whatever I've talked to the Lord about it's fine it's not a big deal we're both on the same page we don't really whatever like it's it shouldn't be a big deal um I think more often than not we just fail to go to the Lord about it and we're just annoyed because of other issues and so therefore it makes everything else cloudy um and then all we see are more preference issues that they're not doing right if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah no I think that's that's spot on Absolutely. Yes, I don't know, Joe, if you have any thoughts on that one. Nope. (laughs) I defer. I defer. (laughs) No, I I think you said it very, very well. Um, Yeah. I think just to remember, too, the enemy wants us to look at how our spouse is different and hate it. Um, we have to know that we have an adversary working and fighting for us to see our spouse as our enemies, and they're not. Um, you know, when, I, if, when I'm convinced that my husband sucks, I see everything wrong with him and everything he's not doing. And yet, when I know who I am in Christ, when I know 
what I'm fighting for to be the first one to love and honor and submit and respect my husband. Um, it's really hard to find these things. It, 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 I shouldn't say that. It's easy, but if that's at my, if that's at the forefront of my mind, it's, um, I'm looking for other things. I'm looking for ways that I can show those things to him. And these other things then don't highlight it in the same way. Um, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when Satan can get us looking at his spouse as the enemy, we forget that he's the enemy. And like you said, all of the imperfections stand out. And instead of um, looking at how you can come alongside our broken and messy spouse as a broken and messy person, we end up fighting them. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, it's very well said. But I think we were on, uh, we broke you off on the, the second. Yeah, uh, bunny trailed you. Yeah, bu- bunny trailed you there. Um, we we're on the no, second thing good. on the list of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after you bring it to the Lord and ask him to show you like what's going on in me, Lord, and what, you know, what is this? Then you simply communicate that one issue. Um, what so easily happens if you think about your kids, if there's something going on and they're arguing by the time you get to them and ask what is going on, there's like three things. He did this. Well, she did that. And, but then you da da da. And that's what happens in communication because we're not trained to stick to the one thing. Uh, because we don't understand how to resolve issues also. And because we're walking around with so many wounds, when something comes up, if I'm going to share to my husband that I'm, you know, that I would prefer if, or whatever, or if, if something he said was hurtful, if I, if I, if I, in essence, like shoot that arrow at him um, or that bullet and I'm sending him this message, it feels, it feels sort of like a bullet to him. If there's unresolved conflict or wounds there that he has, then his response is going to be a machine gun back at me. He's going to be like, boom, boom, yeah, well, you this, you good. And well, if I wouldn't have done that or said that or blah, 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 you, why do you, you're the one that da, 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 right? And so that's how typical communication happens in marriage and in relationships. It's just a disaster. And then we wonder why nothing gets resolved. So when you communicate the one thing, um, <laughs> literally we have post-it notes to help or writing or our, our notes in our phone because I'll say something or my husband will say something. And even though we know we shouldn't, we do bring up other things that are bothering us because, well, if you are bothered by that, I do need, I would very much like you to know that I am also bothered by this. <laughs> so I want to hear that literally write that down and say, okay, I want to talk to you. I want to hear about that. I want to talk about that. But right now I just came to you with this issue. This is the issue that we're going to talk about. Let's get, we'll, we'll talk about that when we're done going through the steps on this issue, we'll start the steps on that issue. Okay. So stick to the one issue. Okay. One, 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 only one. Okay. That's step two. Number three then is the person with the problem finds the solution. Okay. If I'm having a problem with my husband and the way he parks in the garage, I'm the one that gives the solution. Very simple. Um, I shouldn't, and we should not expect our spouse to find solutions for the problems that we have. So then we, so if my husband comes to me and says, Amanda, I don't like blah, blah, blah. This is hurtful when you said blah, blah, blah. 
my response to him is, okay, so that was hurtful. What would you like me to do going forward or instead? He's going to then give me that solution. Okay. That's step three. Number four is you simply negotiate until you five resolve it. So four is you negotiate. I asked my husband to, you know, um, well, I don't like, it's very difficult the way you park in the garage. See, this is simple though, right? So I'm just giving you a simple example. The way you park in the garage is difficult for me to get out. Can you, I'm going to offer my solution because he's like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to park? I say, I'd like you to park in this way so that when we get in, we can move, da, da, da. He might say, well, I can't do that because when I get home at night from farming, I can't pull in that way because it's dark and our, we don't have lights in the garage, da, da, da. Okay, well, then I can, I can say, okay, well, what if you did this? Da, da, da. He might say, yeah, I could do that. Or no, I can't do that. What if I park outside or whatever? So we simply go back and forth until it's resolved. That's so simple if we can stick to it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking as you, as you said that, which would then he may not even realize that that's an issue and you may not even realize why that's happening. So just the communication in that example in itself is like life changing. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, well that does make sense. And it won't either bother you or like you said, negotiate park outside or whatever the next thing is. I, yeah, I, sorry, that was just profound to me. So thanks for that. Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes it's not simple, <clears throat> duh. And it's it's oftentimes like our responses to something that was hurtful, or the way you, <clears throat> excuse me, the way you, when I said some, when I asked you to do something, your response was hurtful, or the way you neglect whatever, like your lack of care or concern was hurtful. And sometimes it's not even this so simple, like the way you park or the way you. I don't know, discipline the kids or the way that you put your dish on there or something is bothersome or whatever. If it's like the way you responded to me was hurtful and we don't even see it, that's when it gets really tricky, right? Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? I didn't do that. Or I don't, I didn't respond to you in that way. Yes, you did. So then it becomes this argument of whether or not we even did something. Right. <laughs> so again, when we stick to this was hurtful. This felt hurtful when you blah, blah, blah. We can either, again, choose to be selfish and it's all about us. And I think you're crazy and you're ridiculous and you need to get over yourself because I'm fine. Or what is the point of this? The point of this is to glorify God. I want to know if I did something that was hurtful to you, that matters to me. I don't want to, I don't want you to feel hurt, hurt by me. What did I do? I didn't even realize that I did that. Um, hmm. Okay. I need to think on that for a while. Let's come back to this later. Cause I'm just, I don't know. Can we just pray about that right now? Cause I'm just not seeing it. And I'm maybe it's me, you know, like, can we just be mature enough to be honest and be like, I don't even know either. I'm ridiculous or maybe you are crazy <laughs> and I'm just not seeing it. So I need time. And you know, that's okay too. I don't mean, Hopefully you're not really talking to yourself like that, but I'm just giving you an example. Like there might be times where like, I don't really see it, but I do care that you feel that way. I think that's important too. Mm -hmm. Of of, of just the validating, like 
you know, Lindsay and I have conversations and we, 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 we do the lot of, I feels as opposed to you did this. Um, but, but asking or saying those it, it's, um, and then following up with discovery questions, it kind of opens up a whole another world. And, and I, I liked what you said about the whole point of this is to glorify God. So, um, if that's my point, I'm not going to come at you with the machine gun. I'm going to be like, Oh man, I didn't even realize that. Um, I, I got to figure that out because if you feel that way, I can't, I can't, um, regardless of my opinion of what you should have received, I can't change that you feel that way. So I have to change how I'm doing that because you do feel that way. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, the five steps. Um, again, we are so like, we don't even know what resolving issues feels like because we don't do it. So I encourage everyone listening to walk through these steps with your kids when there's conflict to help them learn how to do it now and not when they're finally like out of the house and adults and they're struggling with it. Um, I also want, you know, just to highlight, you know, conflict in marriage. Conflict is so healthy in marriage. Uh, in Christian marriage, conflict is so healthy. Two people always see things different. Like when when God created marriage and he called us into unity, he didn't call us into uniformity. He called us into unity so that regardless of if we see things differently, we can be united in our differences. That's not uniformity. So like when it comes to conflict, I just want to encourage and like, if, if you have conflict in your marriage, that's not bad. Um, that means you're different people, duh, which we already know. So like, don't be discouraged when there's conflict, when things are hard. What makes conflict unhealthy is when we're communicating unhealthy. So conflict, again, can actually build intimacy. And so I just, we just don't even understand, like this is so foreign to us because we're not talking about it in the church. Like we don't, what do you mean? Um, I can have, we can have disagreements about things. We can see things differently. We can maybe not, we can agree to just not maybe make a decision on that because we're not like, he wants to give to that charity. I want to give to that charity. Um, we're not seeing it clearly. So we decide to not give to those charities, give more to our local church or something. Yeah, that's actually fine. Like that happens. And you don't have to, that's a very, you know, minuscule example. But, you know, I just want to point out that what makes conflict unhealthy is unhealthy communication around that topic. So just be encouraged that if you are very different than your spouse, um, that can actually build really like great intimacy in your marriage if you can learn how to communicate well. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's, that's a really, that's a really cool perspective. And that's, uh, that's not something that you hear a lot that conflict is okay. That conflict is actually good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. And uniform unity, not uniformity. Um, yeah, I think it's, there's such a kind of a guilt or shame around, um, having conflict in marriages or like, I think that's one of the first few questions that like newlyweds often get asked of like, how was your first argument or how did that go? And like, Oh, we don't fight. We never fight. We're perfect. We get along perfectly. And um, nobody wants Red to, flags. yeah. Like nobody wants to talk about that. No, like we, we actually argue about different things and stuff, but arguments, like you said, it's all comes down to that 
how you're communicating, not necessarily that there's a conflict. So no, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure if you guys are going to ask too about um, the earlier years, because this does look a little different in like the earlier years of marriage and maybe kiddos. Is that, were we going to talk about that at all? Yep. That was the next question of, uh, you know, different stages in life brings about um, different scenarios. You know, I think about when Lindsay and I were first married and we were working opposite shifts to make things work. And our communication was like literally handing off the kid and kind of doing the, the prison roll call of this person's here. This person did this, all of these things. And um, yeah, it's, communication was so lacking because it was just the need to know and necessities. But that also then leads into kind of a, a, another question um, just about the importance of, of prayer in, um, in marriages. So um, yeah. So, so what would be, um, I guess, I guess the first question that I'd like to ask is like the, the number one thing um, that researchers share um that, that talks about like um, what, what is the biggest thing that can help decrease the, the, the divorce rate? Yeah. Well, kind of going back to that season that you just referenced when things are really hard, there is still la- like little time because your needs are so focused on those young kids. If that's you um, know that, you know, obviously you're not alone, but um it just requires us to have even more of a space and a more of an intentionality around um, time alone. Um, and that, that means you have to actually work for it. It might mean you have to call a sitter. It might mean you have to make or say no to other commitments in that season because you prioritize your marriage. Um, I think we're going to talk about that in a later episode, but you know, the, the communication in those early years of, child rearing looks more like information sharing than emotional sharing. And so just be mindful of that, that you can connect uh, emotionally through communication still in those early years. Um, And a simple way to do that is we call it couch time. Um, You don't have to sit on the couch, but essentially when your spouse or you get home or when you're finally all together, that you actually sit somewhere together to connect about the day and just touch base, like how you're doing. Um, so essentially, even though that, you know, I don't know, the newborn might be in your arms at the time and your toddler might be crawling on you or whatever, that you're still going to just sit down and, um, you know, not with your phones, just sit down literally next to each other, look at each other and just chat for even five minutes has, is so helpful it not only shows your spouse that you are 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 number one which again we're going to talk a lot more later about but that also like you want to hear and communicate with them it it helps so much in other communication and when you're in that survival mode too you can do that via text if you can't do it like even at handoff you know if you're like on those different types of shifts and everything Um, but just to kind of download each other's day and to connect in that way is really helpful for communication as a whole because then you understand where they're coming from you understand like what's on their mind you understand that whatever was hard or that happened and 
down this or she called and shared that and that was hard, whatever. Um, so that's a really helpful tool to remember, but we can come back to that if you want later. But so yeah, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Um, there is some discrepancy in the research. Um, it does show some research shows that with committed Christians, not just people who proclaim themselves as Christians, but committed Christians. So they're engaged in their faith, probably attending church services, reading their Bible, that marriage, uh, the divorce in those marriages and committed Christian marriages is like down to 40, 30%. So again, there's lots of different research out there, but so it is lower, but it's not like alarmingly lower and we should be excited about it. We shouldn't be excited about it. It's still pretty high. And so there is one thing that, again, just really shows um, a huge difference in the divorce rate. And that is when couples pray together. It brings it down to like a, a hundredth of a percent. Um, so huge difference in marriage. And that is no wonder. Most Christian marriages are not praying together. And so that's a problem because um, we should be. The enemy knows it's dangerous to him because it's so effective. So I hear often from wives and from husbands, it's just so uncomfortable. Like, I want to pray with him or her, but it's just so uncomfy. Like, I get so nervous about it. I don't know what my deal is. It's just like, I get so uncomfortable about it. So we don't do it. Fight past it. Um, Don't make a big deal about it. Just say like, can we pray? And just say a quick little, it doesn't have to be magic. It doesn't have to be like this long prayer. Just like, hey, just pray over my husband, my wife, and Lord, just, but just start small. Help us sleep well and let us have a good day tomorrow, Lord. Amen. Like, start somewhere and then build off of that. You can share with each other. Um, there's three ways I actually encourage and just kind of keep this in the back of your mind. Three simple ways to pray. Um, for anybody, but specifically, obviously, we're talking about marriage. It's pray for, pray with, and pray over. Pray for, obviously, your husband or your wife. Just not for what you want from them, but ask the Lord to move in them. Ask the Lord to um, bring them to a deeper place of intimacy with, with you, with, with Father. And just pray for them, for them, right? Okay, in the day, whatever. Pray with them right? You're going to maybe, um, and if your spouse is not a Christian, doesn't matter. All same thing. Pray for, with, over. Um, if your spouse is not wanting to pray out loud, that's fine. Um, pray for them. Um, and just ask yourself like, Hey, what's, what are you, what's on your mind? Um, how would you like me to pray for you? Like what's, what's hard right now? Um, and then just pray for that, whatever they, so they're sort of like giving you their prayer right there, you know? Um, so you're not like pulling something out of thin air, like, uh, pretty simple. Like if you ask them what's, what's hard right now, that's what you'll pray for. Um, so that's just praying with each other. And then praying over is simply, I sort of, I sort of, um, think of it sort of like as a blessing or a commission. Like, um, if my husband, like, um, yesterday he was, he had a, <laughs> he subbed for a Latin teacher. He doesn't speak Latin. Okay. And he doesn't know anything about Latin, but he was stressed about it. So just, <laughs> Fair enough. Like, yes. And um, then he got thrown into refing. He has never refed a basketball game. It was just kind of a funny day altogether. But like before leaving, like I just lay my hand on his shoulder, Lord, I just pray over his day. Father, just give him like peace and clarity today and just help him to not feel like he has to prove anything. 
Lord, that he just gets to walk with you. Um, amen. You know, like I'm praying over him. Um, and so that just is sort of like a, is a way to incorporate prayer into your marriage is to just remember those three ways that you can pray. Yeah, no, I think those, those are such good, such good ways to break that down. And like, um, I think you mentioned, and you might've just mentioned it now, but on Sunday, just kind of that, you don't have to ask for permission to do that of just, just go for it. You got to rip the bandaid. It's, um, it is something that will be uncomfortable at first, like nothing like working out the first few times you start working out, that's uncomfortable too. But if we're going to be healthy in our, um, ourselves and with our relationships, I think absolutely it's important that we kind of push through that uncomfortability. And, um, yeah, I think that would definitely help build, build connection between, between people. And, um, I guess, how do you, um, how do you involve at what stage do you start to involve um, like if you have kiddos or you start involving um, the family dynamics into uh, that prayer and communication? I know you mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's such a good question. And I'd love to dive into that next topic or next episode that we talk about. Um, I do want to back up just a quick note that came to mind as you were sharing, Sarah, um, for anybody out there specifically for wives, if you are frustrated that your husband isn't leading or feeling like he's, you know, fulfilling that leadership role in the home, don't be discouraged by that. Um, there's so much we could talk about that. We might even want to do an episode on that. I don't know. But um, it's be aware that the enemy wants to um, put these expectations and uh, like put a definition on what a spiritual leader looks like in the home. Um, you can absolutely ask your husband to pray for you. I do that. Um, I ask him to pray for me and I ask him what to pray for me. I'm very direct about that. But if I waited for him to pray and to ask me what, how he can pray for me, I would be um, probably very frustrated. There's no reason that we need to do that. So just, I just wanted to put that note in there because I do think the enemy likes to work in that. He uses anything to twist and, and, um, just torment us as, as married people. And so that's one lie that um, we just need to get over. So again, sorry, I just had to say that too, but I'd love to talk about incorporating the kiddos and how to prioritize a marriage and what that all looks like. Um, next episode. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to kind of dive into that one. I think, um, I think, yeah, our next episode, we're going to be diving into um, what, prioritizing marriage looks like and setting up some of those healthy boundaries and involving the family. So um, thanks again so much for sharing with us. And as we could dive into uh, communication and prayer, we learned a lot from, I learned a lot from what you said and we're just crazy excited to see what uh, this next episode brings. Um, so thanks again for tuning in with us at Beyond the Walls and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.